is going crazy. Alright, uh, greetings. Name was hot. Roll the tape backwards, please. And um, anyway, uh, a lot going on. Just, you know, I've, I've got to finish this thing, the, the prophetic markers. Uh, so many of them. My head's exploded. Uh, and uh, just waiting for a few more to get in the chat. My head has exploded because of the overwhelming upheaval of God. No man could have done what, what he did. I mean, this situation I'm in now, it has no resemblance to two weeks ago or a month ago, not even close. But everything we prayed about the last three months where we were just slipping into darkness, and suddenly, boom! Everything was not changed. No, it was not the way it ever would be or had ever been. It's just amazing. No man can fathom it. Man wants to see change. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And that's the old, see, I see that process. But God has no process. He just moved us all. So where are you, Clown Schwab? Where are you, Harari? Where where where'd all you guys go? What happened to the intentional blowing up all the food plants, everything? You got evil dictator Biden. You got henchman Gestapo FBI. I told you from the beginning, another confirmation. I have to, you know, no one's gonna pay me the big bucks like some of those talk show people out there, but I'll tell you what. Who had the Nazi thing? Ta-da! And where did I get that? Well, actually, that came from my knowledge of my grandfather. And um, and I was, you know, the club, you know, the Bohemian Grove, the Bohemian Club, the, um, the, uh, the, the Washington, D.C., it's all Nazi. Um, it always has been, though. See, that's well, where did they get all this? You know, communism's for the little masses. The, the Nazi, the Fourth Reich, right? The Fourth Turning, the Fourth Reich. You you see the parallels, huh? What's his name? That loser from the State Department gets up there and puts a Nazi eagle behind him, right? To say, you know, Dark Biden. Remember that? The Dark Knight to be like Batman. Do you remember? Do, two days, it's only one day. It's actually 24 hours, I'm asking you to remember. All these are markers. They're telling you now who they are. They're Nazis. You know, understand that. Now, I've known that a long time. I've been saying that, but it was like when Brother Thomas was here and he kept saying, communist, communist, and people were laughing at him, but they were mocking. Dude, you ought to do this for a living. No. The minute I step out in the light, that's when I get a bullet to the head. You know, people like me aren't supposed to be here. You know that. Even if I'm 100% accurate, like, you know, like, 
you know, you know, I could go to Vegas and make millions of dollars on my predictions on what the roulette wheel would do. You know what I mean? It, it would be a, you know, the bullet to the head. Your kind isn't supposed to be here. Right? How I've remembered it lately, the pain of all this, because, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. I, I, I guarantee you I did nothing wrong. And um, had I had half a chance, I probably would just be right there with all the rest of them in, the, you know, in society and the establishment. But I didn't get that chance. Didn't get that opportunity. I think had I had it, I probably would end up rejecting it. You know, knowing what I know now, of course, I would reject it. But um, so you got something going on. I have a direct connection with God, and you know, because not because of virtue or talent, because of position, which is through no, no. Believe me, it's no. No uh, talent on my own, no no uh, brave work of my own, nothing of that sort. I just happen to be in this position. And, I, and I'll tell you, um, the reason I guess is kind of, which means I would have, you know, accurate words. And now that I say that, they'll try to throw inaccurate words at me, probably. Uh, the whole idea is not to have evidence of God anywhere. Whether it's my testimony or anybody else's. Thinking all the people that got these miracle healings lately. You know, just been thinking about that today. Where they just weren't doing that well, and then they gave it to God, and you know, God restored them, and he healed them, and, he, and they, they lived a whole life. You know, and I'm just thinking about those. I'm, I'm not applying it to myself. I'm just thinking how awesome that is. I hope it can apply to me when I need it. I probably do. God knows what's. I know the Lord regulates. I know the Lord, you know, heals, and so I don't worry about doctors or things like that because I know that if whatever's wrong, he'll he'll heal it. Anyway, bottom line. So it's a Nazi thing, you know, and we proved this over and over again. But now, finally, they're coming out of the closet because why? Every single thing that was hidden has been given to you. Except that last thing. The communists are under the Nazis. And it's for the people. And they have bosses and they run that and, you know. They're not the, uh, you know, the oligarchs. But the Nazis are going back to certain secret societies through Germany, but then through, you know, I guess Teutonic through to Babylon directly. And, um, you know, in the, in the kind of sordid history of war and, and the occult and, and, uh, it was Adolf Hitler and company who had portals to, you know, where man wanted to go, where all these people were talking about. 
who had these direct connections with the fallen angels, who had the occult, uh, you know, the the, the um, uh, had the support and backing of the Bush family, support and backing of the Gates family, the support and backing of all the families and the bloodlines went to Adolf Hitler to create the Third Reich, but ultimately the Fourth Reich, which is the supernatural, higher-dimensional Reich, which is the birth of the Superman, which isn't us, and not even hybrid us. And um, they are also the final solution of the extermination of all the mongrels upon the earth, which is basically everybody. All of that has been in place. All the major corporations come from the Nazis. All, virtually all. All the sciences, as you can tell, we rule the earth, and you will not drive a car. Remember that? We rule the earth. Do you remember that? We rule the earth. Do you remember the line, we rule the earth, said publicly from the podium at the WEF? Do you remember it? It was only about three weeks ago. And look where we are now. So many people feel abandoned by God. That's why I bring it up because... They pray, and I said, you know, pride goeth before a fall. You see what he said? He said, we rule the earth. And then, he do- I guess he doesn't rule the earth. Suddenly, boom! Gone. I let him die. Useless. The true useless eater, Klaus Schwab. The backwards man. The uh, stupido. I keep threatening to read you some Harari here. Darn, it's on small print. I need to get some glasses, but... Uh, uh, I just turned to a caption. A Nazi cartoon of 1933. Hitler is presented as a sculptor who creates the Superman. A bespeckled uh, liberal intellectual is appalled by the violence needed to create the Superman. Notice also the erotic glorification of the human body. So, you know, yes, Harari, you're beyond Hitler, but the the goal is the same. He's got like a lion being, a lion human being in here, and he says, this is possible, we can do this. (laughs) Oh, man. They're wondering where the cattle mutilations come from. Well, you wonder where the meatpacking plants and the, you know, the flour processing plants and all that being burned. They're still burning a few, but it's not like it it was with the Bolsheviks out in front. It's the Bolsheviks. Hey, hey, hey. I don't know who's doing it. I'm just a victim. Well, screw you, buddy. It's the Bolsheviks. They're burning down these things. They're just taking orders. 
They're taking orders from the Nazis. I told you this is not Germany in 1933. And so their way won't work because they never had anything to transition to. Don't you understand? You have to have something. If you want to transition to, you know, the bullshit of electric cars or whatever it is, you have to have that in place. If you want to transition to the Green New Deal, you know, but but see, here, here was the point of the Germans. This is German right here. All right, Germany. Come on, Germany. Here you go. Own up to this. We didn't want anything for them to transition to. We prefer they starve. Yeah. And on the altar of starvation to your God, you elevate yourself into the fourth turning, the fourth industrial revolution. But we all know it's just the Fourth Reich. So they're all posing in their Nazi outfits now, thinking you people are too stupid to figure that out. I've been telling you over and over. If you do just, I I know, I understand that everybody's screaming New World Order, Club of Rome, Vatican, and all these things. And the Nazi thing sounds just like Brother Thomas back in 2005. And so I'm, good, I'm you know, subject to ridicule in the face of overwhelming evidence. That's why it's hard to get on here. Every once in a while, like somebody comes in the chat room and, you know, sullies themselves. It's embarrassing they don't know more, and, but they're mad at what I'm saying, so they want to make an insult, but they don't craft it in such a way that it would have some, um, um, you know, some, uh, uh, shall we just say, some, some, something grounded in reality that, that, you know, you could say, oh, well, that's another point of view, okay. You know what I mean? And gone is that sort of thing. Anyway, so they pledged to their, you know, to their Nazi, you know, thing, Operation Paperclip after World War II, MK Ultra, the, you know, the, the rise of the psychiatrists that we had here with all the doctors, both in Boston. If you look at, um, but we also had, you know, it's funny how Louis Jolien West escapes. Oh, that's all Nazi stuff, so we might as well talk about that. It's funny how Louis Jolien West escapes. Um, he goes from Chicago to. Oklahoma City, where he kills an elephant by overdosing him on LSD. Then he comes into the arms of Los Angeles and joins the socialites. He joins society, high society. He builds a house up in Bel Air with a view of the tower at the UCLA Neuropsychiatric Institute, which he takes over and actually takes over the entire psychiatric profession of Los Angeles, having 500 psychiatrists working under him and reporting directly to, at one point, to Ronald Reagan. But in Peter Bregan's book, he never mentioned that. He was mainly talking about the mind control operatives in Boston, because that's obviously where he was. And... um, you know, that certainly is the birth of mind control here, but all of it has to do with Operation Paperclip. And then a lot of, a lot of secret research went on down in South America, and then 
another area of secret research had been in uh, the not the Coachella Valley, but on the way to Palm Springs, you had Cabazon. And it's just rumors, you know, it's like, it's like Area 51, but uh, that a lot of the experiments that Louis, Julian West <clears throat> and the CIA did were, um, were basically um, done underground or done in jails, like, for example, the Lancaster Men's Prison. Um, he did experiments with... Uh, I, I believe he did experiments with implants there. And uh, well, the dogs are going crazy. Is it because I'm on... Is this like another... This is Dasha 2.0. It's Dasha 2.0. Anyway, you guys. I, I'm getting... God, I got a little serious there. Let's, let's back it up and get a little, a, some breath. Uh, some lev- levity, please. All right, so... In um, forgiveness, um, do you wish it would have been different? Sometimes I wish it would have been different, yeah. Anyway, forgiveness. Forgiveness, I guess what I meant to say yesterday where we left off is something that happens to you. And it's a multiple-way street. Forgiveness, it's not a one-way street. I guess everything I've been leading up to is to say it's a two-way street, at least, in the sense that the object of forgiveness and the forgiveness, you know, it doesn't take place in a vacuum. It's a circuit, it's a connection, it's a, um, you know what I mean, you know, the proof in the pudding of forgiveness. If you want to test to see, well, have I forgiven Lord in the way that you want? And the Lord, you know, or any of us might say to you, well, how much do you remember now? Is your memory less Is your memory less now than it was? Or do you remember it, and when you remember, are there triggers that trigger you into tears at something of the past? When you see someone else being abused, do you are you triggered in the past of your own abuse and realize you haven't forgiven? Does it become more of an abstraction? Well, the way it, it, in forgiveness, healing happens is that it does it ceases to be an issue you know i mean it it uh it uh, it does not rule your life with me i remember you know just a classic unforgiveness is you know having to keep remembering my story and remembering all i mean it's made by memory completely sharp remembering so many things so many incidents so many acts of cruelty. You know what I mean? It's like, well, how are you ever going to get over that? Well, I tried to kill myself many times. And, I mean, if I didn't make it when I went, you know, into a coma, which was also a setup. I mean, they gave me, you know, Barbital, the, the, the kids at this, you know, college, BS college program thing I went to. And they 
the music teacher or whatever were involved in my suicide and enabling me through giving me LSD and giving me um, pharmaceutical phenobarbital. The, the, uh, the, um, the, 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 uh, the computer's not plugged in, so we might be cut off again. It's not plugged in, uh, or or the wire is damaged, Trish. Really? Yes, because it, it 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 the light went off. See. That being, if that's the case, then it's broken. So we don't know how long we'll go here. But uh, so I. I'm trying. Folks, I'm giving it everything I've got, but I want to tell you something. When things start flying around, like they did in L.A., or, you know, like they do, and I mean flying around, you know, the interference gets so bad, I can't finish. I can't, I can't, there's nothing I can do. No, you don't understand. The actual computer... Okay. Sorry. Um, okay, could you please return? Okay. Okay. So, um, with when it gets to a point where you, you don't see any way out, of course, society will offer you the way out, which is suicide. Now, you have to actually, you have, take, yeah, another of that, yeah. you have to actually, uh, you know, figure out what happened. And you have to figure out who's to blame before you can actually forgive you have to actually remember what happened and it's painful you have to remember not just uh what do you call it picking and choosing um your parts of your memory you, you like that are that are that make you look good and then not your part in it so you have to remember your ugly self Things you did. Things they did. And um, and then figure out, well, what would it take to forget this? Okay, so let me work it backwards. So forgiveness and forgetting are, you know, hand in hand too. So you might take it another way and say, well, what would it be for me to Forget that they did this to me, or he did this, or she did this, or it, it happened, or any, you know, what would it take to forget it, to never bring it to mind again? What would it take to actually flush it from my consciousness like it never happened? To truly forgive. What exactly does it take to, uh, Forget meaning that if you met the same people again, it wouldn't trigger any bad memories or thoughts or 
feelings, it would be like meeting new people again. Like meeting a person fresh for the first time. What would it take to be at that point? Because that's, that's forgiveness. So some so one answer might be, well, time. Time can actually make us, um, you know, forget and, and, and heal wounds. And I've seen time do this. You know, even forgetting what happened. But to true forget, to really forget. Because if it's still there, i.e., for, for Zeph Daniel, the bookstore... Um, can I say this? You know, I, I'm just like, I, I'm sorry that some people abused me in the Christian world. I I don't want, I'm just, okay, what another way? I'm sorry that I stood there when the truck ran over me. Is there any way I could apologize to everyone? I'm sorry that, um, you know, if, I, if there's any way that you could forgive me, truck driver. Because forgiveness goes beyond blame. It doesn't matter whether you're the truck or the, the victim. Either way. If there's some kind of uh, issue... It involves more than one person, obviously. It takes, you know, as they say, two to tango, right? You know, it's a, a two-way street here. Well, but the perpetrator is not alive anymore. Okay, so still the same question. So what would it take for you to forget the incident in the first place? Meaning not just forget, but regrow as a normal human being, rather than, you know, with the social phobias and the ticks and the hurt and the upset and the and the suicide. I think of my daughter, she just she couldn't get over all that stuff and she killed herself. It just kept cascading in so much. She, there's no relief. You know what I mean? She was just uh, she was dead as sure as she lived. And probably her death had to do also with, you know, waking her mother up, who, you know, was very careless and allowing her to, you know, be in uh, social situations where there was abuse. You know, I mean, I mean, I was considered the monster. Francesca was taken away from me at not even one year old. You know, and uh, back to Italy, and then I didn't even deal with her again until she was a teenager. So, I mean, I, I had no part in her development, but I did hear from her about the abuse issues. And by then, she was hardwired for uh, abuse. What would it have taken for her to have you know, flushed all that out, those memories, and then been able to, say, be with a man? Well, she liked men. And she wanted a family. And just have, uh, you, you know, uh, you, uh, uh, you know, love. Well, it couldn't be if she had any memory because, see, that would bring back, there'd be no way. So, you know, she gave up, realizing she couldn't have that on this earth, and 
She was like, well, and things were getting worse and worse. No ability to, you know, finally got to a point where she couldn't be with her friends. They, the, 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 I think the minute she started moving toward death was when she didn't tell me or Trish, but she was going to the psychiatrist and taking those stupid drugs, you know, either Prozac or Zoloft, I think it was Zoloft, one of these psychotropics, which says on the label, you know, you could become suicidal. And that was just enough to put, she already was suicidal, but she was maintaining. She had been a cutter when she was a teenager and in her young adult life. And, you know, really she never had a chance in a sense. But if she were alive right now, what would it take for her to to forget all that? Obviously what it took is death. Death wiped the slate clean, right? Death, I'm not saying death is an answer here. I'm just saying, you know, unfortunately it went to death. In other words, her life was only meant to go to uh, 27 years old. July 18th of 2000. What was it? 2018. You know, like a year before they launched the whole COVID attack and the attack on Trump. Well, the COVID attack was the attack on Trump, you know, and populism and whatnot. So, what does it take to be able to walk on? Okay. So here's another tidbit of this. The people that are dead aren't dead. They're still living. They will always be alive. And they have to be a part of the equation. If it's your mother, you must forgive. And how do I do that? Well, you can't do it unless you have the participation of everything, of everyone, in agreement with in, in, a, in a cosmic agreement. I mean, otherwise, uh, it will be a one-way street where I forgive you, Mom, and then, you know, I can't go in that building. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, that person reminds me of my mother. Oh, that's, you know, there's, and all these ticks and quirks and, and triggers everywhere you go. It's just, you. there's no freedom. There's no way to, to live. There's no way to be free. There's no way to be happy. So how can I get just beyond that one thing? And, you know, and I, I think the problem, is, well, if, you know, it's not going to be some, you know, doctor so-and-so, and here's my magic formula, and, you know, give me twenty nine ninety five, and I'll send you the, you know, your workbook on forgiveness. You know, here's Joel Olstein's workbook on forgiveness. Here's Pastor so-and-so, the workbook on forgiveness. Here's these guys talking big platitudes about forgiveness, and uh, yet they're at war with everybody in their lives. You know what I mean? And so there's, it's like, uh, yeah, how can we talk even talk about it without becoming, you know, hypocrite central? Everywhere you look, everywhere I look in this world, there's pure hatred, not forgiveness. This is the world of hatred. This is the world of vendetta. This is the world of vengeance. I get caught up in it too. And when I speak, 
I hate that guy. I automatically hurt myself because now I've, I put in a trigger. Now I'm putting in a habit. Now every guy like that guy I hate, I'm going to hate them too. And it's going to multiply pretty soon. Uh, it won't even matter if I remember the person or not. It won't matter whether they did anything to me or not. It, it won't matter that all I saw was on the head, ta- head on TV and they were a communist or something, and I said, I hate that guy. What's the alternative? Not having the TV on? Well, you can do that. Not seeing the billboard? Not knowing anything? Not picking up the newspaper? Not hearing a radio broadcast? Not going on the internet? Well, not living in a, a sensory deprivation chamber so that you don't, so that you can stay pure in your forgiveness. Because you see, now you have to forgive the whole world and all the planets and everything that ever happened and everything that was ever thought and everything that ever was and ever is and could possibly be and all the projections and fantasies of what might happen, all of that grows and must be dealt with. It may be true what a lot of people say that, you know, when you're on your deathbed and you're, you're confessing your sins and, you know, if you have that luxury, I guess we don't do that anymore, but if you have a, a priest or a friend or somebody there, you can say, I did this, I killed this person, I did that, I, I, you know, I had an affair with this, I did that, I, did, I stole from, you know, I'm so sorry, blah, 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 Lord, forgive me. And then at the same time, you know, I forgive everything, Lord, I forgive Everyone, you know, and, and, and please wipe the slate blank, Lord. I'm coming home. I'm just going to vapor now. I can't hold that unforgiveness. If you forgive me, Lord, I forgive everything and everyone. I see the flesh is weak. I see the things I've done. I see the secrets I've kept. And I see that the secrets I've kept have poisoned me. There's, you know, people keep secrets. But the secrets people keep poison you. Uh, the, the, the beneficiary of your secret is, are those who want to compromise humanity. Every secret is a compromise. Will you keep the secret and be loyal? Yeah, well, I've kept the secret and I've been loyal. But you see, I still got attacked because nobody believes you can really keep the secret. <laughs> so before you get too frustrated here with with my you know conundrums, um, the will to forgiveness, the need to forgive, the the the, the willingness to to try, is you know eighty percent of the battle. The willingness to try with the Lord's mercy and grace, is 80% of the battle. The other part is, you know, releasing those memories, releasing those toxins, releasing those cancers, releasing those things, um, is really going to be up to God. So... I guess the beauty of, 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 of this is 
we go to God, we want to empty ourselves, right, of all of our... We want to, as someone said to me, unburden ourselves with all that, you know. And, and the Lord says, cast your cares upon me, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. You know, how many days, uh, everybody out there, do we give it to God? Please help me, Lord. And how many days has he responded yes and, and done it, and we weren't grateful? For me... More gratitude. I have so much gratitude for the prayer there. I'm blown away by the thing now. So I'm, I'm, I've got that. I've got that going, you know, this awe of God thing right now. It's, but I need more. I need more. I need to really hook in more. You know, that will lift me out of this, this carnal thing, this, 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 this relativism that I hate. You know, oh God, I hate it. I, now, unfortunately, I don't have the. I understand why it's there, you know, so people can justify their existence. But I mean, I don't justify myself. If I do, please start laughing at me. I'm sure I've tried. How many times have I tried? Well, probably millions. To justify myself, I have an excuse. There's a reason I'm like this. Not my fault. I better hold on to some of those memories so I can justify myself as to how I got this way. Ooh, that's a hard one. That'll make you feel... (laughs) That's like... I'm not even near that level but there are people who are at that level that are just like realizing you see that they that they can't let it go it's not god causing it to be stuck it's us because i can't what do you have to say for yourself well i uh you know i'd like to be a better person but this happened to me I'd like to be a better person, but that happened to me. So that's why I'm the way I am now, and I'm working hard every day to fix it. No, you're not working every day hard to fix it. You're, you're, I've been in that same conundrum for years, and I can tell you it leads nowhere. You're never going to fix it like that. But I need. I mean, I, I came from uh, the streets of uh, Chicago, and people were shooting at me, and they g- killed my child, and they they killed my wife, and they killed my friends, and you know. But here I am. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm coping as best I can for being raised on the streets, or I came from you know the 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 the, the abuse factory of high society of Satanism and witchcraft and murder and I you know somehow I got here and uh, but you know it's it's not as easy for me as it might be for you and so therefore please forgive me if I'm not you know perfect because you know here's what happened uh this and this and this and this oh please tell me more and this and that and that and that and then this happened yesterday then last week this then this, this, and this. Then they, you know, they, 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 they confiscated my 
house. The new IRS agent came in, you know, guns blazing, and they kicked us off our property, and we tried to escape, but then they wanted to, you know, they run us down and shoot us, and now we're, you know, we had to escape, and now we're fugitives of the, the IRS. Well, they, they said it was an audit. They didn't say it was a an execution, you know, but that's why I'm this way. I hate the IRS. I want to kill them all. Anyone that would even sign up for that, that person should never have ever been born. Oh, really? Tell me more, godchild. <laughs> and uh, you feel that you're fit and worthy of the Lord? I guess not. I, I, I Well... Remember the Lord's Prayer? So what excuse do you have? All right. I'm willing to admit that the past is irrelevant. Nothing. I have no excuse for my behavior. The things I've done wrong, I used to say, were because of these people, those people, these events and those events. But I scratch all that. I forgive it all. So my behavior, I don't know why it's that way, but I'm asking the Lord to help me to be a better person. So you feel that you're shaped? by the events that happened to you, or are you a person? I mean, are you bored and getting Christ? That would mean you're a new person, a new creation. The past is dead. Isn't that what they say on Satan's side when you get initiated in, a, in the world system? They say the past is shot dead. Right? Well, with drugs and sex, sure, the past could be shot dead, totally. <laughs> I don't even feel the pain no more, says Mick Jagger. You know, I feel no pain. I'm just, you know, you know, getting off with three or four friends of mine. We're having a ball here. And, you know, and you don't shoot heroin, do you, Mick? No. You act like you're a junkie and stuff, but you were never a junkie. You're like a geriatric marvel. So it was all just facade. I wonder how many people did do a, take the bait and do everything until they just expired, thinking that, well, the past is shot dead. But it's true. I mean, you know, the Satanists have a point, which is basically, you know, um, becoming a new person, you know, finding ways of making that past dead. And drugs is a good way. Sex is a good, you know, just orgiastic sex, ongoing. You, you know, so every time you have an orgasm, the 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 past is dead. I mean, I can see the point. I, I it seems foolish because it's you know, lived, you know, like well, it's been two weeks now. <laughs> oh, that past is coming back fast. Quick, find some shelter. Yeah. So that's the key to a lot of the uh, lyrics there. 
you know, it's they're right. It's it's basically sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You know, and then that's supposed to be the rebellion of Satan, and it really turns out to be conformity, doesn't it? And so there's no help. No, trust me, there's no help there. If there was help there, all the rock stars, when they started getting famous, wouldn't start coming to the Lord and realizing that the limited way is the limited way. You know, it, it, it's little limited rituals to get down the road a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And you're still scratching and begging, and you're still in so much pain you can't stand it, but, but there's things you can do. I guess that's what Satanism is. Like a, like Satanism can be like an active thing you can do. But ultimately, if it doesn't eventuate in hurting people, then you have failed at Satanism because you have to hurt people to be in the favor of, uh, you, you know, Satan. Right? The whole point, you know, is to corrupt, hurt, destroy others. Ultimately, I mean, the, for the purest, for the, at the end of the day, there has to be, you know, there has to be an accounting. Just like in the other day with God, there has to be, you know, souls one and, you know, the opposite. You know, it's, it's very symmetrical. Anyway, back to, that's not going to help us, that, that side of things. So we're going to forget that for now. So how can I, you know, get to the point where I can let that stuff go? I've got a guy that, you know, that's a you know, brother in Christ. He writes me all the time. And he beseeches me. I always feel guilty. But he beseeches me to be a better man. To be like him more. And and you know, what is he what is he what's his claim? His claim uh, uh over me would be that I'm here on the Zeph report talking about the past a lot. The things I know, things that happened. And he's telling me to forget that. And uh, and to push on to be a real disciple of Jesus and have nothing else in my mind and nothing else, just that, like him. He says he's doing that. So he's challenging me to be like him. And, you know, I didn't realize he was, after a while I realized he'd been listening to the Zeph report, I guess, and getting, you know, he wants to correct me. I'm not saying in a bad way, in a loving way, you know, in a Christ-like loving, you know, nothing bad here. Uh, you know, and I said, well, brother, you know, I did write him back, you know, I, I'm trying, you know, to get through the day. And I write him back and say, brother, I am, I am trying to forget the past. See, I'm a good guy to be talking about this because the past is my present, unfortunately, pretty much. And that's healing to me would be letting it go. So very simple. There's really not much more to it than that. But it's, it hasn't been let go, has it? It's still there. Uh, so, you know, so he's saying, please drop that and push on to be, you know, one of those people like Paul or Peter or, you know, the, the disciples, you know, John. You know, be that. You, you know, you could do that. Push on to the new life. Let the old go. And, of course, that makes sense. Of course that makes sense, and of course it seems I've been dawdling for 20 years here, you know, dealing with all this, you know, trying to cope with as best I could. Well, I don't want to make an excuse, because, see, that's, 
That's what gets us into trouble. That's what causes unforgiveness. When we justify ourselves, we exhibit unforgiveness to the Lord, to the, to the Almighty Father. We exhibit unforgiveness. If we've been forgiven, thank you, Lord. See, because what happens dynamically, in the, and please forgive my jumping around here, what happens dynamically is that the, the, the Lord forgives us through the blood of Jesus. You know, we're forgiven. Okay? And then we justify ourselves, which, which is uh, not the right thing to do. <laughs> I've been forgiven. So there's really no need to deal with anything other than I've been forgiven, meaning if something happened to me that caused me to sin, you know, that made me, say, a burglar or, you know, a murderer, whatever, something. I keep going back to that. See, had they not done that, I would never be have become, a you know, an assassin or murderer or criminal or whatever. You know, you're forgiven. So the idea then to, to, to actually accept that, that gift of forgiveness by God, the most powerful forgiveness there ever could be, you know, I can no longer, you know, it's a two-way street. So I have to, you know, it's not just I'm forgiven and then I keep going, you know, there's this, and there's this connection. So there's, I'm forgiven, and my response is, I'm using those things that happen to me as an excuse to keep on. I'm getting better, though. Well, no, you're forgiven. And I let everything go, and I never murder again. I don't, I don't sin anymore. <laughs> and, of course, that never happens to people. Maybe to certain monks or something, but I mean that's that's not the way people are. I'm forgiven, and the Lord is new life, and it's you know I am uh, alive, but it's not me that lives; it's Christ that lives in me. The old man is dead. The old man is dead has to do with forgiveness because that old man is all the things and patterns that led up to being that man which is everything that happened to you, made you that man. That's gone, forgiven, so the new man steps in. The new man then, what? read the New Testament, read the book of Acts. The new man then takes up his cross, takes up the ministry, and goes for the, for the, for the, for the, uh, for the finish line in Christ, meaning to spread the gospel throughout the world and to convert the... Uh, you know, people from, you know, heathen to knowing the truth. And, um, you know, from following the lie to knowing the truth. But, you know, you must be born again, meaning that old man must be dead. Because you can't forgive. You could can be forgiven, but you can't forgive 
if that old man isn't dead. Well, why isn't it dead? Because you've revived it. Why have I revived it? Because I can't justify myself without it. Why have you, do you need to justify yourself? Because I don't have faith sufficient to allow God to justify me because I have to control everything. Why is that? Because the only way I've survived is by control. It's just like a bad habit. I mean, I'm doing what I can do, but this stuff is so far above me, I can't figure it out. And said, but at least today you figured it out partially. But, but you can shoot me dead all you want, Lord. And, and somehow, that old man is dead, okay? So what lives in me is Christ. But then again, I've always had the spirit. I've always had, you know, there's, 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 you know, I've been yours from the beginning. And if you wanted me to have amnesia, you could have easily done it. I have given permission for that old man to be dead for all the memories because I've given you permission, Lord, to wipe everything out so there's just nothing. Nothing but the work of the gospel yet to do. And it doesn't have to be, you know, at the lead. I could be out in the field somewhere, you know, repairing a mailbox or I could be, uh, you know, offering tea. I could be, you know... And why are you, you know, you're smiling, you're happy. That, well, I said to this cult leader in Santa Barbara, you're smiling, you're happy. You're working down here, we work in the fields. And we, but the whole cult that was set up there was set up by psychiatrists, you know. They, and they, I knew these psychiatrists, I knew who they were. They're in society. They're high society. You know, they're they're the same level as Julian West. And they had this Christian, you know, retreat thing in, in the hills of Santa Barbara. And they would get you up at four in the morning to go do work. I, I stayed there for a while because they said, nothing else is work. Let's sit in there. <laughs> they said, when the time is right, we will give you a wife. And they say, you, you start by sleeping in this quarters with another brother who could help show you the ropes. And then some would work in the... It's all a collective, right? It's all run by the CIA. But I was there. And they got so mad at me. And they basically booted me out. But I mean, I left too. I didn't, you know... I think I... Just my existence, they hated. So, you know, but then I remember the psychiatrist there. They called me another time. This is when I was with Trish. I was living over on Saloma Avenue in Sherman Oaks. And I remember being in the other room and getting the call. I think I was in the, uh, not sure exactly what room I was in. But they were saying, we've got to save your father, you know, because they knew Don, my dad, and we've got to save him because, you know, Beverly is poisoning him, and her boyfriend are poisoning him to death, her boyfriend being my father's nurse. And that's sick. And uh, they wanted me to help them with an intervention so that my father, I just... I just couldn't see it. I just, I didn't want to believe it. And then, of course, he died. He was, I remember seeing him in the hospital at uh, Cedar sinai 
And I took some, I had a little bottle of rescue. Have you ever heard of rescue remedy and the Bach flower treatments? I don't know. Is that a witchcraft thing? I don't know what that, you know, potions. And, well, I, I took this rescue remedy in there. When he was dying, this is going to die today. And then gave it to him. And then, you know, he lived, he, he perked right back up. Like, like they're killing him in there. And then eventually he just died. And then, you know, the mother married the, the nurse, the boyfriend. You know, claimed to be an assassin. You can't make no. I know. I know. It belongs in a you know in a spy novel or something. <laughs> you know, it's insane. <laughs> okay, so I remember that very clearly that they were right. And but then I remembered an earlier memory about them. This it's a husband and wife team. I can't remember the name right now, but I do remember that they had sent me to this thing in Santa Barbara, and they had a a bakery in on State Street. I believe, I think it was State Street, the, the, or the colleges, or what, State Street, and in Santa Barbara, and um, they would sell their wares to people as a way of you know supporting themselves. But all the structure was there, like what they do when you get a wife, when the, you know everything was you know organized, and so it was very much a um, an experiment, I guess by the CIA. And these psychiatrists were CIA because they're connected with Dr. West, who is CIA. Maybe they're all CIA. <laughs> you know, and uh, and she was right. The woman was right, you know. They, 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 they killed him. They killed, they killed Don, my father. They killed him. And I was warned. This part, at this stage, I was so, so into mind control that I still didn't believe. I, I still wouldn't believe that it was all true. I still clung to these uh, false um, implanted memories that um, everything was just beautiful I knew it wasn't but I, I, you know what I mean that you know the idea that I couldn't remember exactly and then I still because as I was remembering it became horrifying you know phobias trigger you know, you're out there and it's like oh they're all starting to coalesce and work as a team to hurt me gang stalking you know, and then that gets you labeled as a schizophrenic and just all this you, you better keep it to yourself and you can't get help anywhere and you can't talk about anything, and you're a target anyway, and you're in your, you know, like you're in a fishbowl, and they're just watching you, and they don't know what to do with you. Yeah. But then, okay, let's get back to forgiveness. <laughs> and uh, so to most people... You know, it, with, it with respect to things that happened to me, because a lot of them just say that you shouldn't be here, you know, according to you know, me and people like me. You shouldn't, you should have died with everybody else, you know. So, oh, I feel guilty, you know. Oh, well, here's another forgiveness thing. Feeling guilty, feeling ashamed. Well, people that feel guilty and ashamed are angry at the abusers, they don't want to feel guilty and ashamed. They didn't do anything wrong. It was put on them. 
Our society looks for scapegoats and people to blame for their own inequities and hypocrisies and, you know, and, and madness and stupidity. And so these people were the weak ones among us, and now they carry the burden of shame and guilt, and Jesus wants to free them. But they just can't seem to get free. And they go from revival to revival, from church to church, from fellowship to fellowship, looking for healing. Look, please heal me, please, Lord. Maybe here fasting and praying and fasting and fasting and fasting until they basically almost die from fasting. And still it's there. And they, I just want to be the, the old man, the new man, the, another man, not this man, something else, please. If I could just breathe. I, I... And then we're reminded... Oh, there it goes. There goes the wires. There they go. There it goes. I'm sounding the alarm. Guys, you're going to lose me in a second. There goes the wires. Okay. There, it's it's caught. No, I mean, we're caught right now, so we're about to go. Folks, I'm going to say goodbye to you now. We got... He's tangled in the wires. He can't, and he can't. Uh. Okay. He's. It's too late. We got disconnected, I believe. Okay. No, it's not his fault. I mean... He's so cute. He's just, but he's 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 a ball of energy. He's going to get in the. You know, I have to have wires. You know, I have a stupid connection with my earphones, and I have a Shure mic, and it has a wire, and I have a audio interface, and that you plug things into it, then you plug that in the computer, and you have it all set. I got a mixer on the computer screen, all this stuff, and it's dangling in between me and the desk, and there's nothing I can do about it. Except quit podcasting. Are we having unforgiveness here? No, I totally forgive Ben. Okay, well, I totally forgive the psychiatrist and all the other things, you know, all of it. Uh, No, I have to say I forgive humanity. No, I I have to forgive Adam. I have to forgive Eve. I have to forgive the serpent. I have to forgive all this shit. Um, okay, but I'm still filled with shame and guilt and, and, and you know, some kind of thing that happened. I, I, I can't. You have a thorn in your side and you have to. Do everything despite the thorn. I put the thorn there, says the Almighty God. Just like Paul. Okay. So anyway, in the positive sight of... So forgiveness is going to have to be something that I have to work 
to get, you know, to, to be able to do, but also to receive. If I can't receive forgiveness, i.e. shame and guilt still there, if I could receive the forgiveness, that would be gone. If I was truly healed, I would have none of that. You know what I mean? It would be over. It would be the new man working in the fields of the Lord, and there's nothing else in my consciousness. Just that. Whatever the old life was has become a faded memory, a shadow, a nothing. A zero. So, back to my brother. So funny how God has these divine appointments. I met this guy at a... Uh, his name is Jeff. I met him... Well, if you're listening, Jeff, uh, just so you know, I do think about what the things you send me. You know, I'm not just... You know, I mean, I'm having a lot of things to process here. But, uh, you know, we were coming down to... I guess we were on our way to... Uh, either to Texas or we had been to uh, the East Coast and we're coming back, you know, staying in RV parks. And, and this was a kind of a funky RV park off the uh, the freeway that in Alabama that connects into eventually the 10. And it was just like this backwoods kind of park where all the, you know, the, the, the uh, all the electrical, uh, you know, there was no, nobody there, no security, and the electrical was very compromised, like all the the little, you know, the, the stands where there's a 50-amp plug-in or whatever, they're all broken, so you'd have to actually be an electrician almost to hook your rig up. Trees were unkept. There's like um, the typical, you know, lifers that are on, you know, either Social Security or drug addicts or whatever on the back row, some criminals uh, like to hide out in RV parks like that, you know, where there's no supervision. No police, no office, no manager. So here we were, and right next to us, there's another, you know, another motorhome pulling a pulling a log trailer, like like filled with motorcycles and stuff. This guy's a you know motorcycle advocate, a, a you know expert, and um, you know they were needed to get down to Florida. Anyway, we had, you know, met there, and, he, you know, he was trying to help me not get uh, the top of the RV scraped by the trees, and he was, you know, just very nice person, very nice wife. We had a little dog, and, you know, about my age, but then again, I, I'm always underestimating, you know, let's face it, he's eight years younger, and I'm saying, oh, we're about the same age. You ever do that, Charles? <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> of course. It's weird huh? how it kind of blurs later on. But, uh, you know, so uh, and then we exchanged, uh, you know, text numbers and, you know, cell numbers. And then, you know, he's been a real advocate for the Lord. He's got a great testimony. And he, and he sends, you know, encouraging uh, words of Scripture every once in a while. I haven't really talked to him since that meeting there. But in the midst of this kind of almost squalor, in a sense, I mean, it was nice enough park. I mean, it was like falling apart and you know needed help. And, but in the midst of that, there's this you know this sort of meeting, and this person has been telling me to to you know I, I can't do this though you know 
get the you know the old man is dead the new man, you know pushing on he said i want you to do what i'm doing okay and that's pushing on to the works of of christ and forgetting all this other stuff what we talk about here it's almost like you're holding on to what you're talking about here because if you were healed you wouldn't have to talk about it anymore that would be the end of the Zeph report because you'd be healed so the Zeph report has been one big kind of vanity healing and how do we move you beyond that to just doing the works of God you know just just you know, feeding the poor you know, taking care of the widows and orphans and you know working in the fields and you know doing everything you can to bring Christ's comfort to, to as many people as possible you know, what's holding you back? Now, I know a couple of you are getting mad. No, 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 wait, hold it! Come on, cranky old man. <laughs> now, I understand. I understand why you're angry. But let's hold our tongue for a second. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna solve this whole thing for X, Y, and Z and A and B too. And C. The act of accepting the situation as what God wants me to do. The embracing of memories as teaching tools. The use of the past in my case in as 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 a, a you know teachable moments to people that are struggling with similar things is the ministry is God's will so all is forgiven without those without everything that happened the way it happened i would not be the person here that has actually helped prevent suicide in you know hundreds of people if not more and I don't talk about suicide that much. They they listen to me. They don't commit suicide. They listen to me, a suicide attempter, and then you know I don't do it. See, I don't even get close. See, they see if I started getting close to suicide or something, then I trigger them. But as long as uh, they feel the strength of the Lord in me, and they realize, oh, that was a chapter that turned that that uh, suicide. Yeah, that's a victim thing. That's where they win and you lose. Thinking back to Francesca, you know, that she did accomplish the suicide. You know, she was extremely angry, of course, angry at me and her mother, you know, and angry, angry, just very angry at everyone. And she would throw these fits that were just cosmic. And I think it just was all she just had a stubborn streak, like she wouldn't understand. It was always going to be from her perspective, her thoughts, what she thinks about it, and not, you know, reasoning back and forth and trying to find the, the answer. She, had not, she was not a reasoner, really, you know, and uh, she had a very uh, giving soul. She wanted to be uh, working in ambulances, you know, picking up people that need to go to the hospital and she was doing that. She'd walk the 500-mile uh, walk at uh, uh, 
you know, in Spain, um, I forget the name of it now, uh, but uh, it's not, the, you know, The Way, you know, Martin Sheen was in a movie about it. She did that twice, did Once With Her Mother, Once Alone. You know, so she was constantly looking for God and she was constantly looking for, you know, peace, I think. And uh, so I have to conclude on this one that the Lord took her. You know, I'm not... Uh, angry. I'm not angry at the doctor for giving her results. She knew that the drugs may not be the way. I was uh, on uh, these antidepressants too when I had panic attacks because I was writing the script of society and then as it was getting toward the end I started having, well I had panic attacks before that but then they came back and yeah, back to the shrink. But this time, these shrinks, they just gave me drugs. They said, there's no need to tell you. They just give you drugs. Lots of drugs. Xanax, Valium, you know, Tofranil was the antidepressant or Effexor or one of these. Wellbutrin, right? There's another one. Another winner. <laughs> All of these could lead to, you know, complete disaster. And um, and then of course whatever other illicit drugs you can get whatever whatever you get your hands on to anesthetize yourself to the horrors of of of, of uh, panic attacks but panic attacks are are you know really an indicative that there's something from the past gnawing at you without your knowledge and it's driving you it's gotten very far along to where you're having a panic attack and it also means you need to make a life change. Not take drugs to cope, but you have to actually change. And um, it could also be a warning that if you keep going this way, it's over, you know. So, so anyway, I got beyond it. And, you know, it, it uh, was uh, never really was bothered again as I'd taken up screenwriting and, you know, and then just I went on a spiritual sojourn in the 90s, you know, that led to the Zeph report now. And then, you know, Whatever, it's all been trying to find the, um, you know, the truth, trying to find a way to, to heal. And the key to healing is forgiveness. Um, however, does that mean amnesia? Does that mean shutting the door on the past so it no longer is relevant? Or could that possibly mean, you know, uh, looking at everything and not being shocked by anything and seeing humanity in all of its glory so that you would never forget again? Have I even glanced at the road of Satan since, um, you know, since the Lord took me up? doesn't even occur in the most, you know, some distant fantasy to pick up, uh, you know, where the devil lay, left off, you know, uh, to, to, to uh, you know, uh, go get, you know, cash it in for some instant success or whatever. Doesn't even get to that. No, because... When you know all these things and you're, you don't just tune them out as some people do. 
and you're able to look right down the barrel of that double gauge shotgun without any fear whatsoever. And when it becomes appreciation rather than disdain, and when, and when the guilt and shame become tolerable and even uh, seen as a helpful tool, and when all these things get, uh, you know, all these broken dreams and, and, and rejected novels and rejected this and rejected that, rejected this and rejected that, reject everything, you're a reject. You're a reject. You're a reject, a reject. How are you ever going to forgive that? And then when that gets, uh, you know, assimilated into thank you, Lord, into that appreciation. Thank you for making me a reject. Thank you for the shame and the guilt. Thank you for this. Thank you. My eyes are open. Thank you for helping me to survive when those people were doing all those things. Thank you. That's awesome. But I did see it all. And they are that way. Even though I keep forgetting that they're as, as evil as they are, I have to be reminded because that's I start getting, you know, it's easy to get naive again, to become a little naive, right? Because that's like a mechanism. That's not, naivete is not forgiveness. It does mean, though, that you're not, you know, you're not worried about it. You know, but it does also mean you could fall into a trap again. A trap meaning, no, not one of conversion to Satanism or whatever, or the world or the world system or anything like that. Not, not, not that, not, not fall into that, but into a, you know, a trap. Thank you for the phobias. Oh my God. What would I do without them, those phobias? You realize that there were dozens of situations that were very dangerous. That was, you know, where I was being you know, lured into something because of my, you know, walk in Christ, whatever my position here. And uh, I, I could, I just all of a sudden, you know, yes, I'll be there. It never showed up. And thank you for that, Lord. Oh, no, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for wrenching me away. Well, they were waiting there with the long knives. They're ready to go. They're getting this, I was, you know, here's the, you know, this is, I was the, you know, the main event in some cases. You mean honest, hardworking people like living in Malibu or Beverly Hills will be sitting there with the long knives out, you know, or some poison or something to get you? Oh, you don't believe that, do you, says the pastor down at the Calvary Chapel. You don't believe that, do you? That sounds crazy. I mean, you know, you wouldn't want to go against all of society. No, we here at the Calvary Chapel, we are, we are hooked in with all the pastors in L.A., you know that, with the Greg Lurie's and the, all these people. All the official God people. Yeah, well, you're all fake, motherfuckers. You're all full of shit. In fact, you, David, you had to quit the ministry because you're a fucking pedophile. 
and you got sent up to Oregon or Seattle somewhere where you'll never be seen again because you're buggering the children. Then you want everybody else to jump in because you're saying in your prayer group, you'll just pluck somebody, you know, take them, put a bullet in their head and throw them in a ditch. So that's your function. So you're gone. And so this is what actually happened to a pastor, David. Yep. How do I know that? Oh, because I had met his children. I knew what I knew he had completely traumatized them. And obviously sexual abuse. It was like, you know, another way. And then he said to me, he said, you know, I think we want to try to use your skills down here at this church. You should, we're, we're going to, I'd like you to film, you know, since you're a director, I'd like you to film uh, all these kids saying what, what they think heaven is. We'll provide the children. And I'm like, yeah, nice try, bitch. How long do you think before it would be if filming something, plus I'm not interested, but I mean, if I did do something like that, the next thing you know, it's charges of pedophilia, and then I'd have to bow down to you and I'd have to be your slave, and then there would be no charges. I, I understand. You're a fucking asshole, and so is your Calvary Chapel, and you're not of God, not any of you, because I know. Go to Calvary Chapel, go to hell. Any of you in Calvary Chapel, what is it called? Calvary, don't you even say that word. If you're in Calvary Chapel, get out. Because the people that are running it, it's the devil. Chuck Smith, stealing land. We just happen to have a friend living on that land out in the valley somewhere. He was the kind of the appointed as a caretaker. And he said that a guy gave him the, the acreage of land, I don't know how many acres, lots of acres, and uh, you know, as a gift to the ministry, to Calvary Chapel. Well, he didn't have the right to give the land. He just gave it illegally. So he got a team of lawyers to sue the landowner and steal, landowner and steal it because he wanted to build condos. That's what you're dealing with at Calvary Chapel. That's the spirit. Deception. And of course, the whole pedophile thing is, it goes without saying. All of it. Well, pedophile thing proven when, you know, it took this uh, 13, 14-year-old Jewish kid home. He was a Jewish convert. And I remember, and he, you know, he divulged to us what they were doing to him in the youth group and making him take his clothes off and, you know, making him, you know, do the, you know, whatever it is they're going to do, you know, all of it, <laughs> the whole thing. And uh, we said, don't ever come back. It's very dangerous for you if you're going to resist that and, you know, they will kill you. So, you know, because what they're doing is illegal to begin with, you know, pressuring um children to uh, have sex with adults is illegal still. Even though they're pushing the laws, not, oh no, nothing like that could possibly exist. Well, you know, I'm willing to say maybe it was just that one place. Maybe he was lying to me. Maybe this is all just speculation. Okay. Well, eyewitness uh, speculation, no reason to lie, but okay. 
they've been, you know, they've been charges brought against their organization over and over again. They had never, nothing ever stuck to them. But see, the thing I don't like about them and about all the L.A. churches, they're all the same. They're all hooked in. All the pastors know each other. And it's like they're like a gang. You know, they have the big revival. They have the Harvest Festival. They have this. They have all the recording stars show up. They had Franklin Graham flew in, you know. They're all the same. Now, let's start with forgiving that. Oh, I forgive. No, no, I... I no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with it. I'm not, not prosecuting it. I'm willing to say I'm wrong, that I'm just, I'm just speculating. I'm just, it's just hearsay. It's just rumor. Maybe it's not true. So I'll just give that as a proviso. So don't think you're going to sue me because I'm not going to, you know, push the story ever again. It just came up today because, you know, can you forgive them after you've been ejected from their organization? Not just one denomination, but all of them. Every last one of them, including John MacArthur's church. Can you forgive? Well, let's go back. That's a memory. That's, that's a logical that you couldn't forgive. Okay, so yes, of course, I forgive them. And they say, well, we don't need your forgiveness. We have Jesus. And I say, you know, are you sure about that? That's right. Well, well, whatever the truth is, Jesus knows. And I will tell you that, of course, I forgive. Of course, I don't belong in your church. Of course, I don't belong in the Calvary Chapel. Of course, I don't belong in the uh, Methodist Church. Of course, I don't belong with the Catholics. Of course, I don't belong with the, uh, what, what others are there? The evangelicals. Of course I don't belong with the, um, who's the anti-sodomite church? They're the sodomites, right? (laughs) Of course I don't belong with the sodomite church. Of course I don't belong with, you know, with the, uh, with, with the, uh, Puritan church. Of course I don't belong with, with, I, I, of course I'm not allowed to be in any of these, uh, churches. Here we go again, Trish. We are stuck now with the wire. We're in the danger zone. Okay. Thank you. Of course, I don't fit in the, whatever it is, the, what's up to Panga Canyon, the Church of the Seventh Ray. Of course, I don't belong with the, with the, the whiskey club or the cigar club or the hunting club or the yacht club or the country club, or the church, or the mosque, or the temple, or the... Really? Well, I could say that I belong. Uh, If I were to take an oath, seriously, live by it, I suppose that uh, eventually... You know, uh, as long as I pledged my soul and myself to enslaved servitude, that after, you know, a couple or three years, I suppose they would maybe trust me by then.
And who would the servitude be to? Uh, well, it would never be clear. But then, of course, when I joined the Masons, I would then, you know, be eventually it would be known that by the time I got to the 33rd degree, it would be Lucifer all this time. Because I'd see others on the side of the road. I'd say, what about them? They're scum. They should die. Don't you want them in there? No, I don't want them in the church. What exactly is your game here? Okay, I will speak as the world. We own their souls, and we own them. You can only be owned by us if you use your free will to pledge to us your soul. You mean that's every church, that's every church courts, factories, it doesn't really matter. Okay. But Jesus would not do that, would not bow down to Satan. And then the disciples were told that they could not ply a trade because they are not any longer trustworthy, they're not beholden to the world system, they could not ply a trade. They were to be the downtrodden or the meek. But the meek would inherit the earth, not the church system or the system in any way, shape, or form. So the Bible, Revelation 18, says, you know, get out of, of, come out of her and be separate. That means from every church on earth. But what about the Church of Philadelphia? Isn't that a good one? Well, is, is there a church of Philadelphia upon the earth at this time? See, one of the problems is there are enforcers. When you say, who's burning down the meatpacking plants? Okay? It's the same people, the enforcers. They remain hidden. They can just show up and blow you away and, you know, and... Uh, You'll you'll just say uh, the the news would be like, well, they disappeared. Who knows? Uh, it just goes away, just disappears. So, because people are afraid of that, they can form. And I don't blame them. Can you blame them? Of course not. They have to have a family. They got to make a living. But what part does God and does spirituality have? with the, 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 the you know, hard-nosed slavery and making a living and all that. What, what part does spirituality have? And the answer is, there is no spirituality. You know, you know, they'll sing songs that get people into a mood and call it worship. That's about it. Can somebody conform to the world be in Christ? Answer is no. They can't be. In fact, I'm always to the point of saying they have to be born that way. But I, I leave, I leave, but I don't, you know what I mean? I'm just a limited human being. Because I've just seen so many people going to death, you know, being older now. I've, I, they don't change. They just, they just go and die. 
But if they keep dying in their, you know, dying in their sin, dying in their ways, dying in their stubborn attitude, that, you know, I had no choice. Now, look, this all is going to have to do with forgiveness. If you just bear with me, and it is going somewhere. I, 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 I can't promise you that, but I, I, I'm trying here. It's, I'm going to bring it on home, okay? God help me. So <laughs> we have a little bit of a problem, folks. When we're talking about forgiveness, it seems forgiveness is, you know, as rare as hen's teeth. Forgiveness uh, doesn't really exist. Well, no, I forgive you, you forgive me. We we shake as gentlemen and, you know, we're not going to fight anymore. We're going to let the past go. No, sir, you will fight again. You won't let the past go. So why is that? Because if you're pledged to the world system, God can't forgive you. And if you must be forgiven in order for you to forgive, uh-oh, there it is, chicken egg. Zeph just said it. You mean you have to be forgiven in order to forgive? Bingo. Can I forgive first and be forgiven second? No. So what's forgiveness? It's a complete change. It's like being born again. You know, it's a, it's a, not me that lives, but you know, it, it's actually real forgiveness is my death. Forgiveness kills me. But I continue to live, not as me, but as Christ. So why are you remembering all this stuff that happened? Because the Lord wants me to use that to teach things. So I've answered all those questions of the naysayers and whatnot. You know, the the main reason that I'm here right now at this time is because uh, people have been deceived uh, to think that there's some part of this world that isn't um, owned by Satan. And I'm here to tell you, you are wrong. And there's no way any church, especially a 501c3 church, has anything to do with God whatsoever. God might inspire you to, you know, leave. I've heard all the testimonies of the teary crying and the I can walk again. I've heard all that. It doesn't make it so. You mean you have to just be alone wandering around? No, didn't say that. Didn't say there's, you know, they also say, well, how can you make anything of yourself if you're not part of this thing? You can't be anything. You're just like a dead man walking. Not true. That's also not true. People that God chooses to accomplish things, accomplish them because God people are the original builders. They build where the worlders can't. They achieve where the worlders cannot achieve. achieve. And they achieve in worldly terms if that's what God wants or otherworldly terms, whatever it is. God can have them do anything he wants to do what they have to do is get an agreement with God while the worlders say, I had this one guy say to me, you know, he's like, uh, you know, I was explaining to him that I, that, you know, 
that I was trying to, you know, when I was you know, completely under the, this delusion, mind control, whatever, I was trying to return to L.A. and try to, you know, apologize to the society that I was such a bad person. And I was working in real estate at Beverly Hills. I got a, a license. I was working there. And, and um, you know, in commercial, you know, office, my, my thing was buying and selling, you know, office buildings and, and uh, uh, you know, hunting them down and whatever. And miserable. That was not my, you know, it's like, you know, but I, I was doing it and trying desperately to fit in. And he goes, well, did you ever sell anything? The guy says. I go, yeah, a lot. A lot more than a lot of people. And, you know, and, and the guy, he doesn't believe that's possible. So imagine having a handicap like that. Why would you ever accept Jesus Christ? if you thought that nothing you would do and nothing you would endeavor to do would be successful, that you would just basically die on that day. In other words, you would not be able to earn a living the day you pledged to Jesus. And that's what he thinks. And I said, yeah, a lot. And he said, yeah, all right. I'm like, yeah, well, I've... I've done a lot of things successfully. I've also done things unsuccessfully. But yeah, it's the Lord that allowed me to do them, not the world. But it's still, you know, I'd rather be with the Lord. That's the power. So if he says it goes, it goes. You know, the world has nothing. They don't like it. They don't feel that uh, yeah, we should be able to do anything. But they can't stop it. How many people out there use the excuse well, I'm rejected, so I can't do anything. No, you're rejected by the world, hallelujah, so that you can do everything. Get in alignment with God and get into agreement with God. You know, find people you can pray with. Find people, you know, we, we know people that we have a loose network of friends and friends around the radio and whatnot, this is it. Well, we'll use what we can for our prayers change the world. Our prayers, what you see today was all the result of our prayers, where we are, because we called it out specifically. Go back and listen to the prayers of the month, how the months progressed since uh, 2020. Go ahead. No way anyone thought we would be here today. They all thought it was over. I'm not saying they're not going to have a nuclear war or something's going to happen or whatever. I'm not going to get into those carnal games. I'm just saying I'm, I'm sitting here in this sort of timeless time here. I'm not enjoying it, knowing that they're regrouping to do something else. I, you know, but just that uh, the upheaval uh, was so powerful that that nobody even noticed it. And it was like your entire dimension, your entire world, everything overturned as if it never was in the first place. And then here you are in something that never has been and people acting like, oh, it's always been this way. So I don't, you know, I can't, I'm just saying for those of you who could notice, look where we are. It's 
everybody on earth should be dropping everything they're doing and saying hallelujah to God and being on their knees right now. And they should shut up with all the uh, with everything else. They should only be look where we are worldwide. Say, oh, gas prices are coming down. Good, you know. Oh man, you people. Are you always going to be like this? Well, maybe that's the way it is here, you know. But say so they don't notice, folks. They don't give glory, praise, honor to the Lord because, first of all, they believe that if they take the Lord, they cannot make a living. Two, God doesn't do anything, and they believe God did nothing. That they all this is their work. Whatever you see now is theirs. When nothing that you see now is theirs. And they insist that you have to be in the system or you cannot succeed. So I suppose, um, you know, for those people saying that, you know, I, I can't succeed, I guess you were wrong. Success being relative. I mean, I've been able to, you know, live here in one place for I don't know how long. Be able to, you know, continue. Technically, according to them, everything should have been taken away from me. I should have made nothing. And then when they see that, even then they don't give it up. They say, you know, that's a loser there. And if something happens good to you, they go, oh, he sold out. And that's what this guy, they said, anything good that happened, you sold out. He goes, you know, some people think, trying to taunt me, he goes, some people think that if you just work harder, you know, you'll then be able to break through. And I, of course, I said nothing in response, colleague I said nothing in response I mean I understand where you're trying to go with this you know to make the case for the world and he feels that I'm the I'm the one to make the case with like I'm the judge you know so he wants to make the case he wants me to say you know you're right there is no other way in this world. Your way is right. And then I can choose whatever religion I want to be a part of. Exactly. Why can't you think that way? You know, you, you know then you can be a part of the solution, be a part of it. You know, it's hard for me to believe God wants you to be separate. Some guy floating around out there, you know, making no contribution whatsoever. <laughs> and um, you know you, you weren't supposed to take it literally that Jesus would separate you the whole point of church is to connect you that's why they could call you an antichrist because you're all about Jesus and separation following God and you know clinging to the word not even being able to go through one day without reading scripture and, you know, you know praying with people because you're so desperate, you're so, you're so, uh, you're so weak. 
that you've got to pray every day just to keep it together in your head because otherwise the amount of rejection alone would make you blow your brains out. I mean, anybody would be ashamed when all you had to do was, you know, be a bit compliant, <laughs> you know, make your bed when your mother told you to and put your socks away. And so we have this whole big problem now. And, you've, and it's your fault. You know, and I don't want to kill you. But I'm going to have to put some poison in your drink because they're making me do it. Yeah, well, that's on you. And besides that, the poison won't hurt me anyway. Good luck. You can't act like that. I, I can not only act like that. I am acting like that, brother. You're on the wrong side. I'm with the power, the glory, the creator. Jesus Christ. That is my way, my truth, and my life completely. You making your case for the world. Make a case for people to grow, to basically be able to make a couple of bucks, then get sick and firm, then hate everything and die. And that's like you. You're bitter. You're not, you're, you're, you're not able to do what you want. So, you know, fuck everybody else, right? Fuck anybody that doesn't conform. Because they're hurting you. Because you should have had yours. You didn't get yours. You should have had something. But if you kill me, maybe they'll give you a pop. Or maybe they won't. Where's the guarantee? You don't have one. Well, I have a guarantee. My guarantee is I... If I believe in Jesus, which I don't just believe, I am. You know? And, and, and so I am an eternal being. So there's nothing anyone could do. Even if I leave here physically, I still exist. I exist forever. I have always existed, actually. So nothing you could do or say, you know. Well, but I'll give you an airplane. I'll give you a boat, a big yacht, lots of pretty girls walking around, you know, in bikinis and stuff. You know, what do you want? Champagne and this and that and... Yeah, keep naming it. What else? Yeah, being, being a celeb tard. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. A celebrity. Hi. Oh, God, I hate the audience. Uh, you know, and what else? What else do you have? Satan. Satan is now on the show, folks. Warning, warning. On the Zephyr Report, Satan is now on the show. I thought you were just being my friend. Now it turns out that you were... Maybe you're possessing, my friend. Well, all right, so what do you have to say for yourself? You better tremble when you're around me or you're, you're out of here, Daniel. Uh, tremble? You're like an old friend. I see you all over the place. I saw you when you tried to take on those weird demonic forms to scare me and you possessed that, uh, that maid we had and she started like, Talking in some other language, I, you know, I yeah, I, I say, you know, yeah, you pulling that exorcist crap, you know, uh, yeah, I've, 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 yeah, all that spooky stuff, yeah, 
things flying off the shelves and footsteps on the roof and yeah, you know, water turning different colors and scaring the hell out of the, the pool people and trying to you know, balance the chemicals in the pool and the pool turned purple. You know, I get it. Okay, so so what's the deal? You know, Jesus already exists. We don't need another one. <laughs> I'm afraid that everybody in Christ is Christ. Next point, please. Show me your acumen. You know, become like Harari. You know, that's your disciple, isn't it? Harari? And speak some, you know, you could become a lion and a human. We can make limbs to replace your old limbs. We can go to the stars and harvest. You can live forever as gods. Listen, lizard man, you cannot be a god unless you're multidimensional, which the ones and zeros will never let you do. Therefore, CERN is invalid. Next, please. Okay. Zale. So you can't be beaten. Not today. <laughs> you ain't going to beat me, dude. You say you have the power of dialectic. I say everything that's happened to me may be sharper intellectually. Made me really sharp. So you see, wisdom comes through suffering. Therefore, I forgive. All the suffering you put me through, I forgive completely because I would not be able to reason and ration and speak and argue and debate and do all the things I have to do to prove my Lord, my God, my way, Jesus, is not just the only way, but is, is the one way. There is no two. You see... You're a created being. God created you for a purpose. And your purpose is to be the adversary. And you're supposed to be, you know, the, the silver-tongued dialectic guy in the courtroom. Yeah, but I can't do anything with this kind of insolence. That's right. We have to have full respect. we got to have, like, evidence not allowed into... Uh, you know what I mean? Not allowed to be spoken in court. Yeah, got to rig the game so you can win. But on a level field of play, using pure reason, you cannot win. You cannot win as Bertrand Russell. You can't win as Nietzsche. You can't win as, as anyone. Anyone who denies the creator after looking around at this is a fool. Okay, done with you. Be gone. Now, I don't know if Satan's here or not. That's a mock thing, but I felt it would lead us to, you know, repentance and forgiveness. Because, you see, everything that's ever happened to me has been turned into good. Meaning, my, you know, the, the, what you saw just then, the ability to shut down any satanic argument. Now, it's easy to do. You know, you have the truth out there. You that follow Jesus, the truth is always going to be stronger 
than the law. Good is always going to be stronger than evil, too. It's that interesting. You want to defeat evil, do good. And it will defeat evil, proving that good is always stronger than evil. So I think we've done it. No, no, you don't. You're forgiven. And so you accept the forgiveness by, you know, realizing that your entire life has led to you being the person you are that is magnificent. And all those pain and suffering and things people did to you and all the all the you know rejection and torment and and tormenting thoughts and all that stuff led you to being sharper, better, better equipped to deal with the problem people have in the world because they have problems. You know, people are, they, they get suicidal because they get depressed. Whenever I'm in low energy mode and depressed, I, you know, I'm always talking about, you know, dying and getting out of here to hell with this, you know, because I'm frustrated. And so I have to repent for that. I got to keep searching for the, uh, you know, for the for the higher ground, right? Stevie, you know, Wonder said, you know, I'm not going to quit till I reach the higher ground. Well, yeah, we can, we can, because if you quit, you're not, you're not going to reach the higher ground. I mean, we have to keep pushing, meaning learning. So all the painful things that they say, so, so, well, forget the past. No, I won't forget. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to use the past and be grateful for it because it gave me insights that, uh, you know, that I can share with the world. And then if I shut up, then I wouldn't be sharing those. A lot of those things that happened to me were very unique. And what if I shut up? I would, you have, you too, likewise, every single listener, likewise. You could be saying, you know, from your perspective, the same thing and the same, sharing the same message. So acceptance of the forgiveness leads to forgiveness. But, where did the forgiveness begin? It began with God forgiving us. And then, of course, I, I, when I accept that forgiveness, I automatically forgive everything. I can't accept forgiveness unless I forgive. Someone took uh, the word forgiveness and said, you know, give to get. Yeah, there is a, you know, give, give of yourself, of your talent, of your time, or whatever, uh, to get. But I never thought of it that way. I mean, you know, it's, it's natural for us to give, so it's natural for us to receive as well. More blessed to give than receive, sure, if giving is great. and then, But we shouldn't really need to think about receiving. It's kind of like when someone says, I can't wait to get a crown of glory on my head. I'm like, no, the whole point of the crown story is that you... You know, like the band, you throw the crown into the, you don't need the crown. You don't need to think, oh, I better go give so I can get. That's backwards. I give because I'm, I'm a human, God just made me, made us all givers in some way or, or another. And so givers will receive. What do I receive? Forgiveness. What do I do? I accept it. Then what happens? Everything makes sense then. And when it makes sense, it means I'm at peace. Now, do I want to kill someone that hurt me? I'm thinking of someone that really made me mad. No, I don't want to kill them. 
No, I'm not going to kill them. In fact, I'm not going to speak any harm over them whatsoever. Do I need to point out, uh, you know, am I being evil by pointing out the church system is false? N- no, I, I, I'm not evil. It's doing a service to people so they know they have to, you know, I mean, you could be in, the, in I suppose, in a church and be in it and not of it. But we are in it and not of it, meaning we are separate. We are separate or we wouldn't be able to speak truth to power. We wouldn't be able to speak truth to the global population if we were mixed in with them. They would just laugh. What's the next thing that's going to happen? Well, you see where we are now, right? We prayed. We, all you have to know is what we're praying and that's what's going to happen next. Okay, so how do we pray? Well, you get in alignment with God, and then the prayer comes from the Holy Spirit. You know, you're you're motivated to pray, so it's it's not some vain desire. You're you're part of a bigger picture, and that's real prayer. I say the real prayer is honest conversations with God, and so in that sense, Paul says we should pray without ceasing, and that's all true. But where prayer comes from is this this process, but it comes from the Creator through us, and then we pray. It's like this ongoing, you know, uh, communication. Wow. (laughs) I don't know if you could hear that, but that was, uh, (laughs) that was weird. (laughs) That, oh, I've got an app on my phone uh, that a friend gave me. And, it, and it, it, it has prayer all day long going. So every time there's a prayer, it goes into hallelujah. And then, and then you can go read the prayer. And uh, yes, yes, I, I enjoy it. I, I don't know that I'm you know, dependent on prayer. I'm not sure it's like being, you know, like crippled. I'm de- oh, I need prayer, please. I can't get through the day without prayer. It's not like that. It's more like I'm excited about prayer. I like it, you know, but I, even when somebody gives it to me and they're, they're trying to be critical of me or, they, you know, have I had animus toward them? No, I haven't. I haven't had animus. I've had, uh, it seems I'm coming into a new thing of um, seeing where people are coming from, you know, then you pretty much feel sorry for them right and that's how i feel with people i feel sorry for everything (laughs) so someone say you need to do this you do hey brother you know i don't take offense but that's uh another indicator that i have been forgiven and i have accepted forgiveness and i have forgiven because in the past would be how dare you talk to me like that you know right how dare you talk to me like that? And to the extent that those things are let go, autom- you know, in an organic way, you know, just kind of naturally, you know, without getting into this uh, intellectual thing, um, that shows growth. You know what I mean? Spiritual growth, and then that is closer to the goal of there. There shouldn't be any animus about anything. Ultimately, just uh, excitement over the Lord. Period. You know, and all the dramas and all the soap operas and all the you know, the human uh, tragedies and whatnot just phew, fade away. 
not just fade away, but they're not there. Especially in death, they're not there. When you die, they're not. They're, you're pretty well convinced it's uh, tabula rasa. Not no, actually, it's not tab. It's it's like you know everything that ever happened to everyone. But you're you're again when you've been forgiven and you forgive, then none of that really matters. None of that can trigger you. None of that can, you know. So yes, humanity is a sad situation. Yes, they will. You know, rape, pillage, murder, uh, you, you know, cannibalize, uh, you know, torture, you, you know. The, the, remember the plan just recently, just two weeks ago, was to torture. They didn't want us to transition to a meatless society. They wanted to use that as an excuse to torture us because the powers that be that were there for a while anyway they come from 1930s Germany. They're Nazis. And Nazis and communists and Bolsheviks, uh, they don't build anything, folks. They, they like to you know, get people into captivity and then torture them and execute them and bring trauma and trauma and trauma and trauma. They don't care about any future. There is no new world order. There never will be. They're Nazis. They do what Nazis do. Go back and look at the World War II footage and movies and things. You see what, what kind of character Nazis have. And then you'll understand that, you know, it's not about, you know, it's the subjugation of the human race in exchange for power from Satan or to be gods, which is really the goal. So let's just get that into perspective and, you know, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that we all accept you and the truth, and that we accept your forgiveness in Jesus' name through the shed blood on the cross, the, the only thing that can forgive, the only thing that can pave the way at the same time. We accept the truth of you, Jesus, and we accept your forgiveness, the forgiveness of all sins of all people. We pray that they would accept it because that would mean they would follow you. Following you is acceptance of forgiveness. And following you means we forgive. In Jesus' name, amen. We forgive in as we take up the cross. We forgive as we follow Jesus. Because that leads to being eventually being stripped of everything. But you know, I took you on a long journey on this. I'm, uh, you know, just the simple act of accepting this situation for what it is. And, you know, Satan has every institution on earth. You know that. There's no place to run and no place to hide upon the earth. He, he owns it all. He owns It's just George Carlin said, you know, they own everything. We have owners. Well, they own, but... Satan put them in charge of voting. That doesn't mean that the child of God doesn't go, cannot succeed. See, that's the mistake they make. Like, how could you succeed? I mean, I got a friend, he's born again, and he's doing all right, yet because he's like you, right? He sold out. Yes. But he wouldn't succeed otherwise. How do you know that? Come on! Are you trying to tell me that people could succeed without this, this situation? Yes. If you have the unction of the Lord. If not, no. 
Listen, a lot of the Lord's people are here to hold space. They're not supposed to do anything here. They're here to stand there to hold space uh, because that, you know, is the truth. You know, they represent the truth holding space, i.e. there is a creator. There is Jesus. And, you know, there is a free will choice that is given to everyone through Satan. You know, your parents, you know, they'll, they'll uh, you, know, you know, have you raped and plundered and traumatized. And they'll go, except Satan and everything will be okay. You know, just like us. You know, and one big happy family. You know, how long are we going to play that game? You see, that's all coming to an end. If everybody died, wow. Okay, last thing I'm going to say, I'm sorry I went so long. If everybody died like was supposed to happen, and, and maybe it will, um, this entire world system will be would be considered a lie and moot, and so therefore you can believe that a child of God can achieve, can build, can do something. Right? Because it would be a lie. So if you said to me, you're not good, they're not going to let you do anything, you never sold out, so you're, you know, so, no, no, I did, I achieved a lot, I you know, made millions of dollars, I did this, I did that, so what are you going to do? Yeah, well, no, that was not you. That was... No, I did. And the reason is because God gives me unction to do things. I also realize that everything in the world will be fixed. You know, uh, as we get closer to this to this sort of age of light of the return of Christ of this of this uh this new not new age but another age comes in uh they call it the fourth turning uh uh the uh, Indians call it the fourth kalpa you know the Hindus and various people you know the Mayans call it the end of the world um it'll definitely be the end of this world but I can tell you this I think what a lot of people get upset about is all the pain and suffering and starvation and you know because it's all intentional there's a few people let me let me tell you accurately politically what's going on there's a small group of people that are responsible for torturing meaning starving that create the third world appoint captains over it to ensure that people starve and murder each other you know, and, and they, they, this is a sacrament to Satan, poverty, to enforce it. The biggest enforcers will be the people in power now in their um, war against the middle class. And the, really, the middle class here is really the lower class. I mean, they, they don't make enough. They, they, they don't even have a, you know, a $500 in their savings accounts in case something goes wrong. They're the poor. So the Biden administration and their cronies and the, how it hooks into the WEF and the global, you know, all that, the Nazis, the whole you know, communists, the whole regime um, uh, you know, serves Satan. And these are sacraments, you know. So the mass starvation they were trying to bring to the first world, 
and they brought to Sri Lanka and other places, uh, is uh, the, the preferred methodology when they could solve it all. You could have 100 billion people live on this planet. You wouldn't even notice it. You know? And there's plenty of land and farming and, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, this uh, what's happened. But I do realize, this is a subject for another time, I do realize that we never replenish the earth. So you see, that is why I believe we will replenish the earth. That we do go to a state where the earth has to be restored. That means man will have an opportunity to replenish the earth. And that means that there will be many billions of people upon the earth. I'm sorry that they that they do this, this backwards thing. But because they're stupid. You know, I mean, that, under no other conclusion. One of the dumbest people that has ever been, you know, is this, this fake guru guy, sad guru. He's one of the, he, he is just completely pathetic in every way. Like if you were looking for a guru, like because you, you think you're a Hindu, he'd be pathetic on that level too. He's pathetic. He goes to these WEF meetings. You know, he hangs out with Klaus Schwab and stuff because they're trying to groom him to be the, like the one world, you know, you know, ecumenical religion guy, right? What a joke. And, and you know, and he, he said, I don't like so many souls being on this earth either. <laughs> he starts laughing. I'm like, if people are going to accept this kind of buffoonery of this guy, this clown, sad guru, and they're going to take this thing seriously. They, you know, you know, they sort of get what they deserve. You know, the people are kind of responsible too for a lot of, you know, this, this, this little respite here can all go away. If the people remain stupid, meaning remain rebellious, remain, you know, stupid. If they don't need to be stupid, they could be smart. If they acknowledge the truth, then that could increase their IQ. But if they are to deny truth, then they will atrophy and they will become, you know, feeble, you know, as feeble as the politicians are, the lawyers, and you know, all those people are supposed to be the top, best and brightest. And look at their look at them speak. They barely know the language anymore. And it's getting worse. So I you know, I uh, it's not up to me, you know. I can't make people do anything. You know, I just showed the, the power of prayer and, you know, this sort of rest of this, this. We were on a trajectory of, you know, by now mass starvation, police state, all this stuff. Uh, they could still, you know, turn off the power, create havoc, uh, create starvation. That's the Nazi way, you see. That's the Nazi. Starve them out. Bludgeon them. Hurt them. You know, they, they have no... They, they have. They don't understand that if they really want to serve Satan, the way it's done is through temptation, not through you know beating and bludgeoning. But I think this is because Satan realizes this is the last bit of population. It's only seven billion to go, you know, and they're so close with all the third world starving to death that maybe now is the big push. And that'll be the big sacrifice that then gives these five people the ability to become like robots in space. I mean, that's the left that you're dealing with. Now, you're dealing with a mentality. Read Harari's book, Sapiens. Seriously. 
You're dealing with a guy that probably wouldn't even be able to get a job as a screenwriter on Star Trek. You know? I mean... <laughs> it's sad. It's sad. It's sad. It's sad. But that's what we're dealing with here. And of course, in dealing with this situation here the way it is, you know, that that, that is so compromised, um... It's hard to take seriously. And it's... I keep going back to the lately, all along the Watchtower, the great Dylan song. And, uh, yeah, there's some people here among us who think that life is but a joke. Now, I know it's not a joke. I know that the Lord has a purpose in all this. And I believe he is teaching us. You know, to, we have to learn from our... You know, from our, um, it's really hard to think how people are going to learn and they're going to want to commit suicide, aren't they? Well, hopefully we can reach them. Hopefully people will see the the difference between uh, starvation and balance, between um, you know, truth and lie. I, I don't know. This guy goes, well, he goes, now some people think they can work harder and then they can finally break through. They haven't learned that the, the door is closed unless they make that deal. You mean, unless they lose their soul? What does it profit a man? If he gains the whole world but loses his own soul, it profits nothing Zero. As Paul said, you run that race to the end. Run the race and win. And I think, you know, I'm going to go now and think that, I think that um, most people, if they understood the actual reality, what like what's expected of them, you know, or what this is, so they could figure out whether to run a race or to 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 to, to be the establishment. Let's say yeah, it, it's it's it, it's hard because yeah, to to fathom or to predict, I guess, because there are people that would just give up. You know, because it'd be too hard to, to, to not have it, you know, teed up for them. But if they knew the soul, or etern- if they knew what was at stake, eternal conscious life, you know, just, just, just the adventure of eternity and, and, you know, every configuration and every potentiality and every, everything, all the answers that you need, finally answered. And purpose. And then there is no failure. It's all success. If they knew that, and that if they quit and run into the infield, that they would lose all that, maybe they would keep running. Because they wouldn't want to lose life. They would want to be, you know, as gods. But you see... 
people, human, is actually made to be higher than gods. If you call angels gods, I guess they call angels gods. I'm, you know, the, the higher meaning the tabernacle of God, which no angel is. Some people think, I just can't, I can't handle it. You know, I'm, the world's hard enough the way it is. I, I can't imagine giving this, you know, my position up. So you see, it's not a matter of working harder, Zev. No, I know that. Does it look like I'm working too hard? I'm sorry, I'm going to slack off a bit, okay? All right. That's all I can do today, folks. And that's Wow. This will keep you busy for a while. Two hours, 21 minutes. For, you know what? We used to go three hours all the time. This is two hours, 21 minutes, and 54 seconds. Not bad, you know, to get the point across and then give you a few anecdotes. Those little anecdotes of uh, historical anecdotes of mine. Thank God they're there. You know, I'm very, very grateful to have these, you know, these memories and to be able to, to work with them to understand what this is all about. So therefore, I have forgiven. Because without those things happening, I'd be way behind on my own learning. Way behind. So thank you, Lord. Gratitude is also acceptance of forgiveness, but really the ultimate is to accept the salvation of Jesus Christ, and that is the act of forgiveness. As you've been forgiven, you forgive. And the Lord is saying, if you don't forgive, then the Lord will not you know, forgive you. If you don't forgive, then uh, God won't forgive. The Father will not forgive you if you don't forgive. So, so as I have forgiven you, as, you have, as he has forgiven you by giving you me, Jesus, you must in turn forgive. That doesn't mean necessarily forget. And for my friend, uh, my brother there, that all these things in the past are, you see, I'm, are building a bridge for the future. There is no, nothing to you know, walk on from there, you know, blood and guts and on the battlefield, forget about it. Oh, I'm going to remember the blood and guts. Thank you. And uh, I'm going to go and... And it's going to be, I keep having to get back to you because I just feel like we're just on the verge of some, 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 not omnipotence, but some kind of, you know, power, strength. So. <laughs> Why do you write such horrible things? That's because I, I like to. Okay. This time of year Time to celebrate Your great victory Come on up here, Buck Alright, girls Show him what he's won 
This is your life, Buck. Look at all the people here to cheer you on. Oh, don't mind that. That's the vat of blood. <laughs> Now you might wonder, what is he up to now? Get that spotlight on Buck. Hey Buck, come on up here and get your reward. Girls, show him what he's won. All eyes on you. All eyes on you. All eyes on you All lies on you All lies on you All eyes on you All eyes on you Good to be here This time of year I know you think you know where you're going, but don't you understand? We're always there. Ahead of you, Buck. Buck? Now, I didn't want this to happen. You're not supposed to be afraid. You're a big, strong man. Remember that. Girls, show him what he's won. The only problem is, only the dead go there. <laughs> we'll be there, waiting. We'll be there, waiting. We'll be there, waiting. We'll be there, waiting. We'll be there waiting We'll be there waiting We'll be there waiting We'll be there